0: Hello and welcome, I'm Calina Foley and this is Off the Bench uh, a podcast about women in sports, which we hope will entertain and educate people of all ages and genders. Uh, you can find all our previous episodes on iTunes or on the podcast link, on the series link, if you go into offtheball.com, check it out there. Two weeks ago we did a World Cup preview, Women's World Cup preview, it's less than two weeks, so we're two weeks into it nearly at this stage, with Rihanna Jarrett and Ruth Faye, And I'm delighted today uh, because we will be talking some World Cup have sports journalist Marie Crow and Sue Murphy head of everything around off the ball. <laughs> basically I like that title, I'm going to keep that. Head, head of everything, <laughs> everything off the ball. Hi, How are you? Good, good. Welcome. good. good, welcome. good. Um, look, we, we, we decided we'd have, have a very quick chat about World Cup because it's still ongoing and in fact England had their last group game this evening so we're just missing that and there's a lot of stuff still ongoing but we're kind of, we're not out of the top six, we're not into the top 16 yet but what are your general impressions? Like what have what have you noticed, even it with the conversation about the World Cup, if you like?
1: Marie. I thought that it a lot more people would watch it first of all. Um I know it's the group stages of World Cup and that it takes a while for things to get going, but I just expected there to be a little bit more about it. Like just out and about. Like when Me I'm too. out at kids football matches or just out meeting friends nobody is talking to me about it and that wasn't what I expected I thought it'd be a bigger deal I haven't kind of closed the door on it taking flight yet because we haven't got to the knockout stages but I'm a little bit disappointed because I thought it'd be more of a watershed moment I'm the same man.
0: Like I I hear and we talk about twenty twenty in, in in here and everywhere else and in RT as well. But like I I listen to news sports bulletins and they don't lead with the women's World Cup and in fact it's the last thing they mention mm-hmm. at the moment. It's yeah. the very end and it's the kicker at the end and at the women's World Cup and I know Ireland aren't involved, but I am surprised at that because I thought we were just starting to move out of that. So
2: yeah, I like it's weird for me because I'm bit, I'm in a bit of a bubble in here, a lot of the time because you're just looking at sport all the time. Yeah. So I definitely I definitely feel like. I definitely feel like it's more a part of the conversation than it would have been before. So when I come in, in the mornings, there's two or three people that will have a conversation with me in the department about, oh, did you see the game last night? Oh, mm-hmm. it was a great game. And I feel like that's a change. Good. I feel like that hasn't been happening before. What annoys me is some of the conversations I've been having around it are people saying oh well I'll start watching it when it gets to the 16 when, yeah. it starts, yeah. when, <laughs> the, when <laughs> the good matches start going it's and I'm like, like well, the fair matches fair. are quite good now anyway yeah. so yeah. you know now I've just been watching a good bit of it yeah. because yeah. I've been home a lot bad. so yeah. and the matches have been really good yeah, and that's I mean, what's, they what's they really disappointing them, is yeah. they're actually missing out on good football. Well
0: as I said to people there's bad games and there's good games, which is exactly the same to so every yeah. World Cup, you know, and every major sports tournament, but irrespective of the gender. Like um, last night's games were, were oh,
2: I, Brazil I, and Italy were it was amazing.
0: And Italy to me are the dark horses, and I'm absolutely loving them. They're run out of energy a bit already, but I love. I couldn't get over how good Italy are. I'm really yeah. fascinated by them. So that Brazil and Italy, I was actually texting people at home saying, who I know are football fans saying go over and watch it watch it watch it because this is a brilliant game yeah Lena,
1: i think people who are going in looking to find what they're looking for which is negativity which is focusing on you know if a player scores an own goal yeah, like wendy renard like, or people, on yeah on. or the the thai game where there was a lot of goals let in they're going or to going find in. that but people who are going in with an open mind and are appreciating it on merit and what it is it's the women's world cup i think they'll be surprised and they'll be entertained by it we
0: should we should tell our listeners this one is really amazing i mean i was shocked by it marie was equally shocked um charlie ebdo which i mean there's a big question about have the french embraced it really and do mm-hmm. and will french people embrace it as such and do they embrace women's sport? now i think with rugby they really clearly do the yeah. six nations are giving great coverage but um the charlie ebdo front cover people should know now it's a satirical magazine um, and obviously a um, polemic magazine that gives out about everybody, if you like. But the cover, would you believe, was a vagina with a football inside in it. And the headline was, Women's World Cup, we will eat it for a month. And I just, just that shot. Just Clina, I, I had to <laughs>
1: click off it. When, I, when I, I, s- really I saw somebody tweet, I've just seen the cover, and I searched it and I had to click off it. And I kind of s- sat back for a minute and... You know, try to get my thoughts together and say, right, well it is a satirical magazine, let's you know They're give them the, yeah, a, yeah give them the benefit of the doubt and then I said, you know what, we're trying to have something positive here and Football is a positive thing, and girls playing football is a is a great thing. And the Women's World Cup, everybody watching it is brilliant. And it just it was so negative. like it wasn't there it was so sexual, yeah, yeah,
2: and
0: like I thought and actually i don't I don't speak French good enough to actually understand the text, and I, look, I tried to look an article up online, and I just couldn't make sense of it. but one of the key things they were saying in it was and they were talking about you know w- should w- they were talking about this stupid stupid event and you know should women take part equally in this stupid event so basically they were having a go at football but if they were having a go at football i don't think they're going to put a men's man's penis on a football on the front cover and no. say we will eat this for no, you weren't. know was sexual, yeah. it was a sexual yeah and if there was aggression. there'd
2: be way more of a storm about it oh just <gasps> it hasn't even seemed to cause no, many no, waves over here, here. No, yeah you have to go and
1: look for it it's not in like yeah. you have to actually search for it to find it yeah, yeah.
2: But it's it's kind of upsetting because when you look at the French games, the French games well, are all sold out. There's the French team are a really yeah. good mm-hmm. team.
0: I mean, people really fancy them for this. And this they're tournament. they're right yeah. behind
2: the team. And they, there's an excitement about the French team when they're playing as well. So I don't know. I don't feel like that's translating across. The other thing as well that I've noticed about the difference this time. I feel like people are being properly critical of the teams. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's does great see, thing. Yeah, like, oh, well done, the girls are playing. There's none of that. The it's level more, of level of God, she was terrible there. Look at the mistakes mm-hmm. she made. Yeah. Look, at, And I think Colin Bell has been brilliant on the panels. Yeah. Emma Byrne has been really, really good. Megan Campbell,
0: I really like as mm-hmm. well. Megan Campbell, really. I like, all, actually, so many of the RT analysts have been really, really Yeah, good Yeah, they're calling really
2: it out when it's bad, and yeah. that's that's what you need. And that's
0: what you want to mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Um. That one jumped out at me. The other thing jumped out at me, this notion that um. That thirteen nil that the Americans shouldn't have celebrated as a thirteen nil, and also <laughs> uh, another one that interested me as well was the notion of seeing teams crying when they scored a goal with joy, which is something that I, I let's be honest, I don't think you're going to see that in a men's mm-hmm. game. But again, without context, um, I think that's important to talk about why you might see that. So the thirteen nil, where did you where did you lie on the Americans celebrating each and <laughs> every one of them? I
1: was I was on the fence on it. Um, I suppose from on one on from one point of view i thought okay when i look at a team i do expect them to like a great team to have a little bit more than just be winners to be to have something a little bit more about them empathy. that they might have a bit of empathy a bit of humility but the other side of it was that it was, wor- you know, it's a World Cup. They're they breaking, they breaking records. They yeah. deserved every single one of those goals. They have worked so hard to get to where they are. And also, I know I've mentioned the, the mini World Cup, but like I was at mini World Cups with kids, and they were, some kids were scoring seven and eight goals and celebrating every one of them and enjoying, enjoying it. And it's
0: mini World Cup season. Yeah, parents at the moment and, and enjoying mini World Cup. and
1: enjoying it so much. And I thought, you know, well, that's exactly how those girls must feel. They feel like those kids. That unbridled joy of scoring a goal on the big stage. And I said, you know what? Look them at it
0: yeah i watched it and i didn't t- flinch at all even when they went the 13th i went because i knew the 11th was equaling the record for a single game in a world cup i knew that the 12th then had put them over it men yeah. men are women's and then the 13th they did the thing along the suspension. i thought oh you know fine i mean they're really and also was a fifth there were fifth. There were people scoring goals carly lloyd came off the bench and scored a goal it was a fifth for um the big star of five goals in one game i it didn't bother me and then i saw all oh, this Storm yeah, you know. coming yeah, yeah. about it, and I just a lot well, of it tr- was Canada. Well, yeah, people <laughs> an was, was done by the Canadians, but actually, there is, um, there, there was a great line, and in, in this uh, article that I spotted in the Guardian by Arwa Mahdi, oh. and it is. She said, there's something infuriating about a bunch, and it wasn't all male commentators, but about a bunch of male commentators telling the world's best soccer team, tone it down, ladies. It smacks of sexism, as many people are quick to point out. Um, And she's saying it kind of reflects that sort of sexism that you get in life. Do you know what I mean? That it's like... um, you know, you're too loud when you know, when you speak up, you're too aggressive when you stand up for yourself and you, you celebrate too much when you're overjoyed with something. Yeah, and Kina,
1: when you mentioned the, the, the Thai girl crying and or the manager crying because they her team had scored a goal like when uh, Spurs won the Champions League semi final, Pochettino was crying and everyone was saying, Oh, isn't it great? Look yeah. at him. Like, look at him and the release of emotion. It's, it's brilliant I to think see. really Many times we've see? seen
2: Ronaldo crying. We're seeing so much more emotion in <gasps> the men's game yeah. now. But there's so no criticism it? there, no, or there's no cynicism. On yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone uh, applauds what do you think it. Think about the 13-minute say? I <laughs> thought there was an. At one stage, I switched over to look and see what was going on in Love Island and I missed a goal. Like, and it was like two minutes. I was like, How did I do this? But I really felt like there was a point in like that's not sportsmen like, yeah. maybe sportswomen like yeah. about it. It was just a bit. I think it's fair enough to criticise that it wasn't said sorry sporting, for yeah. but not that it has anything to do with gender. No, no, yeah. not thing. at all. No, I did. I just did feel like uh, it was like watching a dying animal. At one point, I was like, is, there, it's, there's, they're barely and think, on the pitch. And, and the points were being made. Look at you know, score difference could count.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, um, uh, uh, the fact that um, the ties. Um, in their next game when they did score that goal and there were tears and the Jamaicans also cried when they finally scored a goal Mm -hmm. as well people need the context jamaicans are the first women's team from the caribbean to qualify for world cup It never yeah. happened before so you Big can understand deal. that mm-hmm. and for the ties it's a huge deal and if people ha- have seen the woman on the sideline with them in the white suit the manager she's a woman her they, she's nicknamed madame pang but basically she's the woman who is funding them she's a benefactor she's a billionaire with an insurance company she employs the players mm. if they're out of work in her companies and in the build-up to the World Cup she's been paying them double salaries yeah, yeah. so I mean
2: she's actually there was
0: a really Lester- you could see
2: why yeah, they yeah. were so I thought they were in grouped in the second game as well and got th- got their act together in the second half yeah, yeah, today they, they were so as bad as they, they were they were really
1: lucky to meet the Americans oh, first thing yeah as well. Kina as well like there is there is context needed for all of these stories <laughs> and as well you spoke very well yeah, about and this I the heard, heard the week. women's uh, US team as well I think it, their celebrations were a lot more than that because for years they've had to fight to get to where they are they're locked in a gender discrimination discrimination yeah, yeah, against the FA. Exactly. So I think that it wasn't just goals they were celebrating. I think with everyone they were proving a point. Look what we can do. Look what we are capable of. Look what we deserve as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you made a
0: point earlier the week, and I heard you make it very well that 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 people are lo- even people who are watching the World this Women's World Cup and getting interested in it, and it's great because it's in our timeline we're still not realising the amount of inequality and inequity that's out there. Yeah, Yeah, and
1: I think it's a good opportunity when the eyeballs are on women's football for people to be informed about how difficult things are for a lot of these teams and a lot of these nations and I'd made a list and I can read the list if you want, I suppose the one that everybody knows is that Ida Hegerberg isn't playing, Isn't there? yeah and she's the best player in the world at the moment uh, Ballon d'Or winner and she hasn't played since 2017 but she hasn't been too vocal about why she isn't playing but the understanding is that she Mm. wants things to be better in her country at the the youth level at the Norwegian FA wants better structures in place she's made representations to um her association and they haven't responded accordingly so she's taking a stand against that Um, we mentioned the united states suing their own governing body for institutionalized gender discrimination and look they've For years, they've been going over and back, looking for equality, and they still obviously haven't got what they're looking for. Despite being the team that brings in more revenue just compared to the men, Um, some other interesting ones after winning the African Women's Cup of Nations in 2016 and qualifying for this World Cup, Nigeria staged a sit-in at their team hotel Mm -hmm. over outstanding payments. Um, Jamaica's players only recently signed contracts with their federation, which ensured they would be paid this summer. Um, So their their head coach had not been previously paid since funding was cut uh, four years ago. I think isn't it Bob? Marley's daughter is doing yes. a lot oh, of the Marley's funding. Marley's daughter is funding them, basically. Yeah, which yeah, is, again, amazing. Right. Yeah. Australia went on strike after the last World Cup, demanding increased pay. Brazil's players united against their governing body after their head coach, Emily Lima, was replaced by a man. Chile and Argentina um, are both... Um, we're, we're, we're among six South African national s- sides deemed inactive. They're playing at the moment They're in the World l- Cup.
0: The Argentinians are amazing. Yeah. They're back after being,
1: having that nothing. That was just two three years, years ago. Start, two or three yeah, years they ago. didn't have enough games. Yeah. Um, Nigeria and Thailand are qualified, and they went long spells without playing. In Pakistan, the women's team have not played a game in five years in Afghanistan which is really disturbing the national team accused their federations president of sexual and physical abuse in December 2018 and I've read up on this and it's I've we, we've mentioned this story
0: before and this is one of the stories actually that I think we really should mention today and um, because there was good there was marginally tiny good news on this just as the World Cup started Susie Rack in the Guardian a really good um, sports journalist over there has led the story and broken the story but basically the Afghanistan women's team have at least a handful of them, if not more, have claimed sexual abuse by some of the people involved in their FA and in their management teams. I mean, horrific stuff to the point where they're on training camps, men coming into their rooms involved with management team. Um, Pressurising them, them, yeah. them to have sex, telling them they'll be dropped off the team if so they don't have, have sex,
1: throwing them off the team, and spreading rumours about the them, team
0: and and um, and spreading rumours that they're all gay. And in Afghanistan, unfortunately, yeah. there's still a terrible stigma attached to being gay and the most horrendous story and the bravery of some of the women involved with Afghanistan's Afghanistan team is just amazing there's a woman called Khalida Popal and she was head of women's football in Afghanistan and she actually had to leave the country and is now based in Denmark and has tried to keep their program going to Denmark to other girls that have left the program so this is a sort of level of stuff that is going on but the good news and as I said Susie Rex st- uh, d- interviewed players broke the story if FIFA couldn't ignore it any longer and in fact also the Afghani government have had to take charge of it but the, the president of the Afghani Football Association a guy called Karamudin Karim, I'm deliberately giving out his name here has been banned from football for life by their FA and fined a million Swiss franc by FIFA and um, they've suspended four other uh, people who are involved in, in, in the pr- women's program um, and taken away I think their passports or taken away their ability to travel mm-hmm. so at last it has finally been taken seriously but if you read the stuff and if you look at Susie Rack, WRACK, any of her writings on
1: this stuff it would make your hair stop. It's amazing. actually so hard to believe, Kleena, isn't it? Like It's just, I mean, these are women just trying so to play a game to trying to play sport that yeah. people all over the world can just pick up a ball put on a jersey go out and play and yeah. what they have to endure just to do that yeah so it's really important that this stuff is highlighted it's brilliant to see a World Cup
0: and we're hoping to see more and more people take interest in it but this is what has what ha- what people have to suffer yeah. to play
2: sport well, sure. th- I think it's still showing like it, obviously there's lives. there's the stuff that's going on behind the scenes but you even see it from the teams themselves in that they the funding isn't there yeah. to actually keep those teams going yeah. so they're not on the same like Thailand so aren't there's on a such level, playing a level there's yeah. such US. an arc of so yeah. Support yeah, yeah. for
0: these teams that were even seen at the World Cup. Because they're exactly. just not getting
2: the support. You know? Yeah, yeah. And really interesting,
0: e- even with that Afghanistan team as well, because that story broke in November, their sponsors, Hummel, were the company that sponsored them, Hummel pulled out. And we can say this all the time and off the bench sometimes the corporates have to get involved mm-hmm. here. Yeah and if they, if you know, once they make a move usually oh the, the federations money. usually will start to make moves yeah. as well because they understand if the money's not coming in what's yeah, going to yeah. happen here. So good news for those brave women that have have uh, fought the fight and great news as well and I think we have to recognize it like you mightn't like the American brash celebrations you know they may dominate this World Cup I didn't think they would I've been surprised how good they are but one thing's for sure so they have led the way on this equality because yeah. the Danes and the, and the Norwegians now are getting more and money the australians just before the world mm-hmm. cup they they talked about improving their money loads of different teams now yeah. have so have a stick to pull on at least yeah. because us americans and remember yeah. our own F- our yeah. own brilliant women did as well and every time i see emma Byrne on rte yeah. i think
1: yeah, and they produce. got advice from Hope Solo beforehand, about. and, and she they? yeah she helped steer really? them as well. So yeah, I didn't know they that. all they're all helping each other out. And it's yeah, so that's that that a network. huge
0: part of the context mm-hmm. of this World Cup, I think as well. Uh, really interesting. One last thing on it. Um, it, there was a bit of controversy as well because Emma Hayes, who's the Chelsea women's manager, an amazing woman. She spoke in Ireland this year, and we had her on. I, I we interviewed her, for her off the bench. Um, she she suggested during the World Cup in the early stages of it that maybe in a column she writes a column she's doing a weekly column at the moment uh, maybe the goalposts should be changed slightly for women because uh, women's goalkeepers are smaller and there was uproar and I just thought again that's part of sometimes how we badly react to criticism about women's sport and actually don't look at it because I don't know whether any of you read her piece but she actually had some interesting statistics to say why she's even contemplating this. And her notion is, if there's a status quo in anything, sometimes, let's just ask, why is that there? Yeah. And in her case, she had some interesting arguments and statistical yeah, arguments. she did. Um,
1: but I have to say, clean. I didn't agree with her. No, yeah, no. I absolutely did not no, agree you with her. you may not agree with her. Yeah, that. exactly. Uh, yeah. I just felt that if we start changing things i don't know clean i'm sure you remember 12 aside camogie as well I don't remember. yeah I how God. hard it was yeah. to get to 15 aside and i think that yeah. if you start taking away what we have then it'll be impossible to get it back. And it wasn't that long ago that in the first World Cup that we were just paying 80 minutes and we managed to get it up to 90 right, minutes the first, the
0: first Women's World Cup, which yeah. was 28 years ago, was
1: only 80, 80 minutes. And the captain, the American captain <laughs> said that, famously said <laughs> yeah, exactly. that she it, they're afraid that if we play 90 minutes, our ovaries will fall out. <laughs> oh. So I'm just afraid to concede
2: any ground whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, like- would do be the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree in the pitches, but i I wonder sometimes about the goals yeah. i like I'm sorry. I just l- I look at the poor goalkeepers sometimes trying to reach well, balls. When you see and that, I'm like, that, is that, is that, that Thai goalie was only
0: five foot five. Yeah, and the but Nigerian the
2: goalkeeper was is very small as well. But some of the like
0: goalkeepers have been amazing. Some the, of them are very tall Argent- as well. The, Argent- the Argent- Argentinian NBA goalkeeper yeah. from Virginia Correa has yeah. been a fantastic. A couple of brilliant goalkeepers, but they're all tall. They yeah. are six foot one or yeah. six
2: foot usually. Her but then point again, you've to have tall and small and you tall, are. You see, that's the problem. The
0: point was the Premier League. The average male goalkeeper is six foot three, and in the Women's Super League in England. It's five foot eight, yeah. And the goal is eight foot high and twenty four feet wide. But as you say, I can see there's always points. a fear that if you roll back,
1: yeah, yeah. If you give an, an edge, they'll take an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah. But also, clean. And when there's more females playing the sport and more people involved in the game, you're going to be able to isolate the players that you need to be goalkeeper. They do that in rugby all the time, bling out the yeah. players. Yeah. for exactly. You take them when they're ten years of age and you turn them into yeah. into and second row players. You see somebody player. who's six foot three at yeah. fourteen and you yeah. say.
0: That's what your position should be, and you coach them to yeah, do Yeah, and
1: eventually we yeah. will get to a, a place when yeah. there are enough females out there who are tall that we can turn them into goalkeepers? Yeah. Goalkeeping has
0: always been one of the arguments about all oh, women; they'll never have good goalkeepers. But I see the standard of goalkeeping, and this has been fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's been—I been mean, amazing. Some terrible OGs. VAR is driving me absolutely nuts because <laughs> yeah. yeah. they're taking forever to, do, to have penalties. But actually, the standard—some of the standard goalkeeping has been—and I think it's going to kill this yeah. argument about yeah. women. Yeah. It's yeah. about getting the right, the right women and the right coaching yeah. for women to become and better developing the skills. Developing—it's yeah. the pathway thing. again. Yeah. interesting. But the World Cup continues, and it's going to continue until July seventh, and it's only going to get better, I think, because um, it's really—it's—but it's really surprised me. So there are teams who have surprised me. Australia I, is my nice. Australia. Australia, I, I love Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, think they're great. Yeah, look. and it's funny. Um, There's so much fire. Yeah, and um, our two our two analysts in here before, and Ruth, and. Um, Ruth and Rihanna both said they thought that Australia might be, as, you know, might just be about Sam
1: Kerr, but actually they have looked no, to be better. they great. Yeah. I love um, the Netherlands; they're uh, yeah. growing into it as yeah. well. But I think and they were in Ireland's qualifying. Yeah, we yeah, got so to know them know quite them. well. Yeah. But I think, th- like, clean it is. Uh, it's just a bit disappointing that Ireland aren't in it, so it's hard to kind of for it to capture the imagination. That's one of the problems. But I do think that when you have young girls seeing the World Cup on the television and see that there's a pathway there and they find heroes that's enough of a success for me anyway in Ireland that yeah. this next generation are inspired oh and I think they're going to be watching it yeah, yeah like it's, it's very to hard it. to penetrate the mainstream sometimes but I think that the, the next generation yeah. will benefit from this yeah I, I think so as well um, and by the way Ireland's women's
0: qualifying for the next European Championship starts in September they're in a group with Montenegro in Germany and Ukraine I think the first game is Montenegro and we really have a stellar next generation again yeah. of footballers it's coming exciting. through so it's a very exciting yeah. time and they're all watching this World Cup thinking Absolutely want to be at the yeah. next one so that's good um there were a couple of things where Nike got got got, got uh, caught in two big controversies since we've been chatting last um, the first one uh, obviously people will know about at this stage was the pregnancy argument um, a couple of very high-profile prom um, athletes in America particularly came out track and field athletes Alicia Montano um, Caraba Goucher um, a marathon runner and then Alison Felix which is the really interesting one who's you know um, a six-time Olympic champion 11 time world champion the, probably the best known track. She's and field. box office. She is super, super box office, mm-hmm. and also a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. God-fearing, perfectly spoken, always yeah. been the voice of Nike. Yeah. Nike in America yeah. came out to say that actually, when they were pregnant and they were trying to negotiate contracts or negotiate their performances, performance standards when they came back to compete after having their child, that um, they had they struggled with
2: Nike. And mm. were you surprised by this Rasu? I I wasn't surprised by it. (laughs) I was upset by it. But I I mean, I I work in sponsorship. And I just feel like when you sponsor somebody like that, you're sponsoring the person. You're sponsoring the fact that she is box office and she is amazing and she's a brilliant athlete and she's a lot of other things. She is a great speaker, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You're not just... Oh well, I'm going to withdraw that now because and the of the times you're, you're going to well, have a yeah, baby. Performance like rate. surely that's a good thing to show that a woman is going to have a pregnancy and then come back into the sport and work in the sport again. Well, the Why didn't you make a big
0: deal of it for, uh, for Serena.
2: Serena. Serena Williams? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. The what really bothered me about it,
1: Lena, was the fact that there was targets put on them to come back so the pressure that these women were under yeah. was absolutely okay. horrific to think that Alison Felix had a baby who was in ICU her baby she she had a very difficult her yeah, baby. Two was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. to think that she was going in and out of ICU every day to see her unwell baby and all that she could think about was how am i going to get back when i'm supposed to get back to even think that a company like nike would put a woman under that pressure is just horrific yeah, yeah. they they want they during her pregnancy they
0: wanted to cut her her payments by 70 70 percent. like that's in that's I, I, I can't even see how that's legally legally yeah. surely it's, an,
2: it's like if you're employed by a company you have maternity leave Well, the American
0: maternity leave is very different. It is a very different system. That's one of the complications. I
2: think it's a terrible, obviously, the whole thing is a terrible system, but surely if you're employed by a company, there should be a period where you're allowed to go and have a baby and come back to your old job, like we are in this country. I'll
0: I'll tell you a story. I remember a prominent Irish track athlete um, or track and field athlete. um, She was getting the very high uh, grants every year and she got pregnant. And I questioned her and said, Do you think you'll get the money next year? And she said, Why would I not? And I remember thinking, why would you? Which is a bit of a sin on my part, but I do remember thinking, well, if they're giving you that and you're not competing, somebody else in the high performance yeah. is not going to get that money. Or maybe there's a junior development athlete who might get it. But now this is a state thing and this was a different thing. But then I thought about it afterwards and I went, do you know what? She's right. She's been training, slogging her guts mm-hmm. out for the Irish jersey for the last, you know, how many for many years. And she's taken a break to have a child. But she says she's coming back and she's hoping to qualify for next major championships. So why shouldn't she get the
1: money when she's a proven medal winner? And that was her attitude. You see, I think as well, Kina. there's an attitude out there as well that this isn't a career that this is just something that people are doing for a really short period, yeah, yeah, and for a short period of time. But this is actually their lives. And I don't think that... That is grasped by enough people out there. That this is a career choice that they made, and they have worked every single day, like the way we work, like the way everybody works, to achieve their goals. And and, and so, if you, if any woman
0: has an employer, yeah, in this case Nike, um, well then you expect to, you expect proper services and mm-hmm. conditions but for you during I- your time, of you're invest- and you're after, after yeah, absolutely. And, back and to you're, work. In,
2: you're investing in the person. You're not just yeah. investing in their targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're investing in them being a good person as a brand ambassador. Yeah. So why would you put all these targets against it to make sure they c- And Alicia, that Montano, and Ma- Alicia it. Montana
0: got loads of publicity for competing when she was yeah. pregnant mm. and the images of her running when she was pregnant were amazing and got loads yeah. of coverage. Again, as I said, Alison Felix has been a spokes a really strong spokesperson for Nike. It's not just that she's the brilliant, mm. brilliant
1: 200, 400 men runner. It's that she's also a brilliant spokesperson for women yeah. and but it's I think for athletes. It's so kind of so has really damaged them because they yeah. they're inspirational videos. It just shows That's how, how, how say, hollow how yeah. hollow they are. They they really only care about sales and target it's pure it's targeting and you see them now I'm uh, putting out videos of young girls as well and like clearly well, that the was the reason Felix said
0: one of the reasons she signed for Nike originally was because they told her that they were, p- were promoting young girls mm-hmm. and women in sport mm-hmm. and that was her reason and um, again it was brave of these women to come out you could argue and say Felix is 32 now she's ending her career she's close to the end of her career she's out the other side but I still think it was very brave Absolutely. of them you d- it's tough to take on big corporations and the interesting thing is that since um, um, they've spoken out um, burton Alta brooke a lot of sports brands mm-hmm. in america all came out and said they were reviewing their policy and they were putting things in place for um just c- terms and conditions for p- pregnant athletes yeah. and coming back and then nike also said that they were going to put quote new language to their new contracts which will pr- protect athletes pay during pregnancy yeah. so whatever happens they've achieved that much yeah. And for women's sport that's a huge but thing but as, yeah. as well
2: as that like they d- they weren't just brave in speaking out they spoke out again like they had disclosure agreements yeah, yeah, it it was, yeah they would have yeah. been they could have been sued and lost an awful lot of money yeah. so there w- was great per- personal detriment to go out and speak out about this
1: yeah but it, it's so pregnancy in sport is so rare as well like I don't think we yeah. see enough of it like when you think now we have a professional women's super league but so few of them are taking time out to have yeah. their children and I wonder I think it's increasing yeah I and I, I hope more it does, women yeah. going back to
0: elite sport after having children than ever mm-hmm. before yeah because Jessica Ennis was one that she it, did it, it yeah it was amazing I mean yeah. and I think even in team sport even I noticed with GAA but it's it's but but it, it just shows the level of support that's needed but to I do But I wonder it. is yeah. that in
1: their, like when we look at the Women's Super League, I'd love to know if there's anything in their contracts. Has anyone negotiated yeah. that? Because again, these are careers that women are embarking in. It's not just a hobby, it's something that they're going mm. to dedicate 20 Freshers, years. Yeah of their prime life to Mm. yeah and we've we've heard the Man
0: City we've heard the Man City head coach we've heard Hayes also talking about taking time out to have their kids and going back so it is interesting it's a slightly different dynamic I think than it is for men Mm -hmm. no matter about the physical end of it in this case Sanya Sullivan wrote a column on it and I was really surprised I will bow to nobody in my admiration for Sanya Sullivan I think she is Mm. hands down the best track athlete that Mm -hmm. Ireland has ever produced male or female but I absolutely didn't agree with her on that you can go and look it up online and what really interested me was she was saying um, well, she had a valid point in saying you're technically self-employed as an athlete so you should check your contracts and make sure that they're doing, but as far as I could see that's exactly what Alison Felix was trying to do Mm -hmm. she had a discussion about it before she was pregnant it continued while she was pregnant and it continued after Um, so that was a fair point for her to say that that you're self-employed, check your contract but she said getting paid to do something um, I love doing has always been a privilege and never an entitlement. And she seemed to almost take an old school mm-hmm. attitude that athletes do it for the love of the sport, not for sponsorship. Privilege, yeah. And now I just don't think professional sport is at that level. No. I think these are people are working for these. It's sponsors an occupation. Yeah. It's their, it's their career. It, sh- it shouldn't be an entitlement. Yeah. To have proper terms and agreements
2: shouldn't yeah it? yeah and well, they're not grafting as hard for the like not not graft. but I mean in Sonia's time she would have been grafting very hard to get a sponsorship behind of her of course she now was they're and they're talked about how she managed
0: it around her yeah. pregnancy which is interesting and she said that she actually liked the fact that they said we'll give you gear while you're pregnant but when you come back running we'll renegotiate your contract and she said that took less pressure off her in terms of having
1: to get back and having to produce times but yeah. I think we're in a different climate I, yeah. and I agree and I, and I don't think that like not every woman is lucky enough to be able to go off and have a planned pregnancy as well like yeah. sometimes it comes upon you when you don't expect it sometimes you might be told well you need to have your kids at, by a certain age yeah. like women if they want to have their kids in their prime they should be entitled to do that they yeah. shouldn't have to wait until they've hung up their boots or they've stopped playing yeah. or, or whatever which Just was the old school yeah, way, yeah. like yeah. if yeah. it should be accommodated now because yeah. um, so many people do leave it too late and then they'll regret it because there isn't an environment encouraging them to say look you can do this now and and, and, and still still come it. back and be yeah. supported yeah look at that, that's why I loved it I
0: always like I followed Alicia Montano on, on Twitter and everything because I loved the fact that she was a competitive runner who, who yeah. competed while she was pregnant right up to the very late stages mm. competed yeah. in American championships with a big bump yeah. Yeah. and everybody uh, lauded it and said how wonderful it was yeah. So, but little did we know no little, little did we know, know what she was yeah. going through and, and and it's made whatever it's done it's made companies Absolutely, take this yeah. up mm. and I thought uh, uh, and uh, the other one that made me kind of Amused me as well. was Nike can't win, I suppose, anyway, because they've done they've done something now, um, and it just they just haven't picked winners <laughs> that they were talking about Nike. Because believe me, I don't. We don't talk about brands on this usually, but they have um, they've annoyed somebody else by doing something which people would say is very inclusive and very good, which is that at their at their um, their flag store shop in London, they have a plus size uh, mannequin in the window now deliberately put it in there with all the other size shapes and and it's wearing their larger size and a woman called Tanya Gold who I've seen doing sort of opinion pieces before but it struck me because it was the Telegraph and the Telegraph are doing such brilliant stuff for women's sport now but this is in the news pages you can't control the news pages she wrote an article saying this is madness You know you're not serving women well by you know projecting obesity as something to be you know praiseworthy she was almost saying
1: you're not project you shouldn't be projecting obesity to be acceptable she went so far with that's what i thought yeah
2: what did you what did you think of it I thought it went too far. I I I was shocked. Can I say there's a a (coughs) nugget, a small, 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 tiny, tiny nugget of a point there? Yes. Uh, Now, it's very far away from what her article (laughs) is. No. But there is a... point was about advertising, really, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really offensive to... There's women of all shapes and sizes. Mm. And it's really offensive that a woman can't go into a shop and find something over a certain size. Yeah if she wants to work out that is mm. you're literally not here so catered nike for in are that producing shop. that so nike are producing that but there i think the part she was trying to get at but not doing a good job of it was that we don't want don't necessarily see this as normal because we should be trying to work towards a point where we're exercising and we're eating properly and everyone's healthy but that wasn't what she was saying in her article. she got it. She lost in yeah. there yeah and <laughs> that was me trying to word that really well <laughs> yeah i i i i
0: quote you a piece of it um, she said uh, she said the the the, the mannequin size she said wasn't 16 it was immense gargantuan vast she had she was heaving with fat which I couldn't see at all to be honest when I looked at it I didn't see that I didn't see um, fat, no. obese pre-diabetic she said it was all these things she says but her point actually really was also about advertising you know because she was saying it's unease that sells clothes bags cosmetics as re- as redemption to women that you know and she was complaining about the fat acceptance movement but by God did people kick off on social media oh, yeah, and people it's just so it was unfair. A, actually it was really great because people who were large size said you know I am I'm, I'm training for marathons um, this is why you know I struggle yeah. with my weight um, but I'm actually fit you yeah, know yeah. Cause not everybody you see that's big is unfit that's what she yeah. that's and what and that she was, was saying really, yeah really that what came across with her same, was that yeah. you're all you know, that you're dangerously unfit yeah, yeah. and that you're going to, and, have a she heart attack. to yeah. and she was saying you know this is unhealthy kind of promotion you shouldn't be
2: doing this you're not doing them any favors and surely it's healthy to promote that you can go and shop for workout clothes. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, because p- because b- bigger women always say it's so hard to get, and I think it's brilliant. Now I go to my gym now, and I think there's just such an eclectic variety of sizes mm-hmm. and shapes yeah. in there now that weren't there before. Um, it, women are more comfortable going into gyms now because they can get gear that fits them. Yeah, And absolutely. they can go in, they can work and out. And why
1: should workout gear be exclusive to a certain size person? No. Like that's what she was saying as well. That's that but Yeah, yeah exactly. You shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't be allowed to buy certain types of clothes if you're not a size 10 or whatever yeah yeah
0: yeah. like she was saying it was it's you know this is a this is an advertising ploy it's a cynicism they're they're preying on uh, the weakness of people who are overweight or fat you know because uh this is how
1: i'll sell them more gear but actually i think that like in doing that, I, I think, think it's so quite as well. a good because yeah, it gives yeah, people do. a place to go and say, right. Well, I know there's going to be something for me if I want to start my journey of getting healthy.
2: Even if I don't, and I just want to buy workout clothes, at least yeah. I know they're there for me. Yeah. But I for th- somebody, say, if somebody who wants to lose weight. I can't even imagine how difficult it is for them. They can't go into a shop and buy clothes. They probably feel excluded in the gym and then somebody writes an article like that. That's what I'm saying, and that's why you it's know you're, you're actually excluding people. Yeah, it's yeah, a, a dangerous blemish. Yeah, it's dangerous, it's a yeah. dangerous blemish yeah. I think.
0: And like I, I'm so conscious I think as well, I always think that. Like, I think it's so great now that you can get workout gear in every size yeah. and mm-hmm. colour and shape and because yeah. peop- it's called leisure wear now. Please. Leisure wear, <laughs> at, at leisure wear, yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean, that old thing of having to, well, even when, I, when I'm when i overweight and I am at the moment, when I go into the gym, I have the biggest t-shirt on to hide me and I love now to see yeah. young girls in there and they're not afraid if they if they're bigger because they're still in there getting fit. No, well, doesn't just show as well, it's clean you know, it? They're there's not an afraid
1: an of that. They're yeah. making it because there's a market for it as yeah. well. And because people want market. to do yeah, it, yeah, and they absolutely. want to wear it, and they yeah. want to go out and exercise, so. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. Um, so I think she got it badly
0: wrong, but actually the stuff on Twitter was fantastic, um, because <laughs> so many people, like the threads were huge, and the stories were really yeah. redemptive, and really, really great, and people really supporting each other. If anybody, I tweeted, Um. if you go back on my t- my own Twitter account to think, oh, I think we might put on the off-the-bench one, Off th- at off-the-bench OTB, capital OTB, But a woman that really I saw during the London Marathon that absolutely just amazed me. There was a guy doing brilliant colour interviews during it, and he stopped a fun runner, technically a fun runner. Um, Her baby was four months old. And she was running the London Marathon and she was stopping during the London Marathon to breastfeed no her way, child. I didn't and it see was that. the most wow beautiful piece I'd seen. Women are amazing. It was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And she was laughing and saying, Look at me, I'm not in the right shape. And he was saying, Well, you know, how's the baby? Um, and she was saying, Well, actually, I'm I'm stopping a few times around to breastfeed her. And he couldn't oh, wow. believe
2: it. Amazing. So, like,
0: that's what women yeah. do, you know, and celebrate them and let's get on and with like that. Can great. we just
2: go back to the the thing that we go back to all the time in this podcast? Sport is meant to be fun. It's yeah. meant, meant to, to be fun. You're meant to yeah. involve people. You're meant to have a good meant time. To make you feel good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's meant to make you feel good. Exactly. And have fun. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not an exclusive club. No. No. no absolutely not. Um, just because we they just finished it. I d- did either of you get to the, see or hear or, or, or any of the hockey? The women's the Irish women's first Olympic hockey qualifying has taken place. The first big tournament since the World Cup, and it was on last week. Um, I got up to see one of the games. Um, they won it. They won it 11-0. <laughs> there was no wild celebrate? celebrating, <laughs> no, there wasn't, but it was a great game actually. Um, I felt sorry, they were playing Singapore and they were way better than But they did celebrate every goal and why wouldn't they? Exactly, yeah. It was an Olympic qualifier, they needed to win it, they needed to hmm. build up. And uh, The disappointment was that they didn't win the final. Um, I think their group games were so easy, they won them so yeah. easy that when it came to the final they lost the final 3-1. Um, but they have Europeans coming up this summer, um, and then they will go on to the next round of the qualifying. As far as I can understand it, the only problem with not winning that
1: tournament is that if they don't do well in the Europeans, it could affect their ranking. The I don't know the ins and outs of it but I, I do think they're going to learn an awful lot from it because I, lear- I read a lot of interviews afterwards and some of the girls were saying I wish we could have played it again, yeah. we would have done it differently yeah. so there will be a huge amount taken away from it Yeah as well. I would have
0: said they were playing, even in the game that I saw them dominating the action was very slow, mm-hmm. there wasn't enough speed I felt, yeah. I just felt that but also their new manager is going to take over yeah. properly now as well um, and just watch out for it because the Euro- their European Championships are in Antwerp on August the 16th and 25th and then how they do with that will also affect the rankings then for the next section of Olympic qualifying and that would be a home and away against one other team and this is when it's going to get really big. One of the things that interests me is what they have two new caps uh, Bethany Barr and Sarah Hawkshaw and um, and I always say oh we should never refer to women athletes in relation to the male athletes in the life. but I think people might be interested in Sarah Hawkshaw because people who know anything about Dublin GA, she played underage for Dublin GA and her brother David, what a talented family. I was about to ask family. you, is it David's
1: brother she sister? She is, yeah, her well, brother
0: David yeah. is captain of the Irish men's and under And he played GA as well for Dublin. He played GA yeah. for And and he, he, he should have been in Australia Captaining the Irish men's rugby level yeah. twenty he team, got injured. he got injured. Yeah. So he was up watching her on crutches, so that's yeah. what, I, what I caught my eye. <laughs> but I mean, it's amazing how amazing, talent yeah. can go. And talent and determination, yeah. I think, can mm-hmm. often go yeah. in families. Yeah. Um, we're into the GA season. Mm-hmm. Um, championship has started, but at the moment with uh, with the football, we're at the championship. We're at the provincial championship level in ladies Gaelic football. Um, and in Camoggi we've just started the group sections of Camoggi and um, one of the things to note and which is a great sign Sue is we're getting live streaming even though there oh, might yeah. not be live TV of these mm-hmm. at the moment the LGFA have live streaming of, of actually all the provincial football finals have been live streamed. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic, isn't yeah.
2: it? I was actually talking to Jackie Call about it last week. He was very excited. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just great to see those sports being streamed now because we we put out... Um, one of the girls went over to New York, took over um, one of the games. She did some LGFA stuff while she was out there. And some the response was huge Yeah, online. So there is... There is an interest in people watching mm-hmm. these sports and there is an audience for them. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why yeah, wouldn't you train and that's them? also,
0: as Maria always says, that's where young girls and young boys see yeah. women exactly. coming through and get to get interested in them and follow them and see how they're Yeah, I think
1: we should have a quick chat about the Waterford and Tipperary match because. Uh, last weekend. Yeah, there this w- is a camogie championship, camogie the, championship. the first championship. round of the
0: camogie championship. And there was a
1: huge crowd at it. I yeah, just saw the video was footage a big crowd of it. Out of it. Huge crowd. Out of, out of a huge crowd at big Waterford. We are Pulling off a big shock, they were ahead, but unfortunately then there was a very serious injury to uh, Nicole Walsh, one of the Tipperary players, and the game had to be abandoned because... There was no ambulance yes, there. Yeah, which I didn't, that's not a good that's No, not a that's good thing. not a good and thing. That's a
0: difference in men's and women's
1: sports very often. Yeah, and don't it, have the same support system. It took quite a while for them to remove her from the pitch. So she's okay now, but it wasn't a nice situation and there was an awful lot of worry and concern about her. Yeah. Um, so she was released and had a severe concussion. and yeah, so released the next yeah. day
0: from hospital. But you're right, and it is an area as well where we see inequalities because the money isn't there, because the support mm-hmm. system, even because there aren't the same amount of volunteers, or there might be men's matches somewhere else yeah that that sort of thing about having an ambulance at a match you know yeah, that's dangerous and unfortunately yeah, water for part for her health water actually leading yep. tip which yep. wasn't wasn't been expected it was not on the cards and, at all and now the game's going to start yeah. and re-replayed so that one the replay of that is going to be very, yeah. be very <laughs> <laughs> interesting and the big one last weekend in the opening round of the of the camogie championship was that godwin and kenny meet they're in the same group And um, these are group games. Mm -hmm. And uh, Galway had beaten Kilkenny in the League Final Division, one big, big result, but they lost them by a goal last weekend. A bad goal, in fairness, a big bit of a mistake. Mistake, But the great thing is, I was at home watching World Cup in one Um, and watching it live streamed as well because Camogie are live streaming it's the first time ever they're live streaming one game per championship round and the one this weekend actually is Dublin and Waterford. so it's brilliant that that is starting
2: to come they're taking charge of it themselves as well so they're just going this isn't being shown anywhere let's just show it ourselves the worry we always say
0: is though that you're by doing that you're only you're only transmitting it to people who are interested in it, and how do you get more people interested? Yeah, in it. but bit it's bit. a start.
2: It is a start. Yeah, it yeah.
0: is a start. And this in in the last few years, Camogie semi-finals are live on TV for the first time, and that's all growing. Yeah, and, and look at the latest Gilly football on TV is just yeah. amazing. Yeah, one other great thing in G A actually that I noticed during the week. Um, Mayo ladies have been given fuel cars. Yeah. Marie, you oh, might Explain that. what that is. Yeah, yeah so
1: now, uh, like, I suppose the bottom line is they now have expenses. They're going to they're going to have their expenses petrol covered, be covered. Yeah, by which is, by top oil, I yeah, think. Yeah, which is amazing for them, and like, what a win as well for top oil because they're getting great coverage. They've got over great. It. They've got great publicity. Yeah, but from it's it. uh, it's such a it's such a big thing, even though it it might not seem like it is, but like these little moments, I think, end up making a bigger movement, and hopefully, other counties will see now that what. The benefits of fur top oil and following the footsteps of them and cover some of the girls' travel expenses. Because as the WG, the Women's Gaelic Players Association
0: pointed out, um, only six, only six percent of inter-county female players get any expenses of any kind. Yeah. And this for Mayo is the first time where their petrol is going to be paid, and that's a big expense for players mm. very it's often. Absolutely that's huge, yeah, especially
1: if there's girls Brilliant. coming from Dublin or Galway or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. I mean,
0: and actually they seem to be very proactive, Mayo, because they got a gym this year. They got yeah. a specialised gym, yeah. and I know Andy Mourn has been great to them over the years. He used to give them free membership of his gym. Yeah. But I think they got a new training facility themselves. But this their year.
1: promotion is very good as well. Like yeah, they're, you somebody's know,
0: doing a good job is doing down there. Something right there, yeah, yeah. and attracting sponsors. Yeah. and it all it all bounces off. Um, before we finish, we always do Hero of the Bench, somebody that we nominate that we, you know, has caught our eye in the last few weeks that we think this may, may have not got the, the publicity or the recognition they deserve. Uh, and I'm going to start it. I normally we'll get you to start it. I'm going to start this one. And my one is Amy Lee Murphy Crow, which is always a mouthful to say. <laughs> <laughs> Amy. One of my favourite names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I always laugh at it as well because I say, poor old rugby commentators with Amy Lee Murphy Crow. But um, this is amazing, right? Um, Amy, for anybody who doesn't know her, she's a rugby player, plays the international sevens and 15s. Um, But she was the top scorer in the WC International 7 Series this year and got the Gilbert Trophy first. It's the first time. And any player outside a New Zealander or an Australian has won it. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing yeah. talent. She's only 24 still yeah. from tip. And so I think we're going to be seeing... I, I, I always want to see more of in 15s games. But she. I mean, the amount of tries she scores... She scored 35 tries in 33 7s wow. games, international games. Amazing, so that is
1: brilliant. And again, was that all over the papers? Absolutely all over?
0: did not. I didn't hear
1: anything about it. Yeah. You were one, Marie. Amber Barrett is my one. Uh, she signed a two-year deal with <coughs> FC clone. Is that how you pronounce it? In Germany. So this is really exciting, I think, because from we've noticed over the last few years that the more of our international players who are playing professional, like the girls playing in the Women's Super League, the better it is for a national team. Yeah. And I think if we want to qualify for a major tournament, which is the most important thing think for for women's football here in Ireland um, we need to have our players playing the top level and to see Amber now turn professional I'm just so excited about it because I think she has so much potential it's difficult to see that potential when you're in maybe a league that isn't um, professional and they're not training as much. Yeah. So I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to really catapult was brilliant her to a whole uh, new level. Gaelic footballer for Donegal, yeah. but quit at Gaelic football to specialise
0: in football, went yeah. came to Dublin, went to Piedmont, who are leading the league at the moment by 8 mm. points I think, yeah. and now going to Germany. And there's the path where there's yeah, the progression. exactly. So uh, the more that we see, I think, the better as yeah, well.
2: Brilliant. And what about you, Sue? I had a footballer as well now, because I didn't all know. All I but um, I was at the fans match, the Aviva fans match. Oh um, yeah, we should see yeah were you did both of you were you playing i did not know i was playing (laughs) i went down I i went down but um katie mccabe and louise quinn were there and sometimes we forget that there is these girls that are really interested in women's sport and look up to these girls as role models and there was a couple of girls that day and they louise quinn and katie mccabe were just brilliant with everyone they took they were managing the two teams but they were brilliant. They were just like got it. Like Kane McCabe was like, "They told me not to go on, but I'm going on, I'm going on." And she was like, <laughs> "I saw the video of team the And she
0: was like, "Never mind, we finally so get to it." Stuck yeah. in and here. I was
2: trying to get Louise to do an interview <laughs> one stage, and Louise was genuinely like, "Oh, what's going on over here?" I was like, "Louise, Louise, camera, <laughs> camera." So they were just they were they gave their heart and soul to it, and they yeah. were just brilliant to everyone that was there, and that's exactly what you need. You and need great are, role models like that. These are like two that. brilliant Irish players playing for Ireland and or Arsenal, but have very little time.
0: Actually, I was talking to Louise Quinn recently. They really only have three weeks off and they're back yeah. into pre-season yeah. very quickly yeah. and to come down and give that time and be so great they were
2: people. brilliant and they're infectiously good humoured and positive yeah. and
0: just good to be Loads around Loads of energy yeah they were brilliant All right, before we finish up um, we have an event coming up um, Sue you might tell yes, us it's the queen of everything around <laughs> Off the Ball queen of the, boss of <laughs> the boss of
2: everything I really like all these titles <laughs> nobody else knows this except me um, the 11th of July we're going to be in the Alex Hotel it's 3 and 20 by 20 and we have a panel of Irish legends and icons so we have Sonia Sullivan and Annalise Murphy, Mary O'Connor, Louise Quinn, Katie McCabe, I think is nearly in. Jessica, Jessica Harrington, her daughter Katie. Kate. Kate yeah. Harrington. And um, I think that's it at the moment. But off the
0: ball do these road shows all the time, yes. all around the country on different sports. And I'm always like, why is it all men? And why are they always <laughs> male sports? A lot of the yeah. times they are. Not all, but sometimes they have female guests when they can get them as well. Yeah. But this is exclusively female. All women. This all is women. all women. Yeah. Um, and it's open
2: to all age groups as well. It's open so to all age groups. So you don't have to be, groups, it doesn't have to be over 18. And you don't so. have to buy
0: a ticket. What you have to do is you have to go into offtheball.com slash events and go in and uh, book a
2: ticket. Yep, that's, that's all it. you need it's to do. Free. It's free. It's on the 9th... 11th of July and it starts at half seven and we're going to have about half three different night. panels so you can come we down. We are going to have a great night. night. I'm looking
1: forward a to somebody night. asking Sonia Sullivan now about her comments <laughs> yes, regarding <laughs> yes. You're looking at me, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah. She's> gonna, <laughs> yeah. She listens for this. She's going to go out I think we're probably going to have three different groups, uh,
0: three different panels over, the, uh, over that yeah. group of But please come. It's just going to be great fun. We want to hear you. We want to see you. And as I said, go into the ball.com slash events um, and and come down to that and also one other thing I'm going to give a plug to before we leave swim Ireland have started a similar conference for young girls over the last three years and they're running their next one on July the third it's one one time a year it's their inspiring girls conference I've been out of the last few years it's, mm. brilliant. We were year, it's brilliant it's yeah, brilliant very it costs 20 quid they get a free t-shirt but they listen to and get to meet the most amazing, some of Ireland's superstar female athletes. I uh, talk to them about everything: lifestyle, ambition, you know, motivation, body image. It's just incredible. It's uh, it, as I said, if you have a daughter who's interested in sport, or you coach girls who're interested in sport, and also you can go as a coach as well. So the coaches can go as well. I just think it's a brilliant day. Mm. Their panel mm. is brilliant this Their year. Their panels as well. are amazing every year, and they looks like it's mm. going to be brilliant. Yeah. So July the third for that. If you're working, uh, you're coaching young girls, and you have young girls. And then if you're interested or or your coach or have any interest in female sport, we're going to have superstars on July the 11th uh, in the Alex Hotel in Dublin. So get into offtheball.com slash events and book a ticket for that. They're free. Uh, So listen, that's it for us from this time. Thanks so much to Marie Crow and Sue Murphy and enjoy your sport until the next time.